Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, the authority question. It's now Tuesday. The previous day was Monday. And Jesus and his disciples, along with a great throng of people, had visited the temple. And Jesus, on the previous day, had cast out the money changers, had overturned the merchandise tables. In fact, there was general chaos in the temple. But then he taught the people and he healed the people. And then in the evening, he went back to Bethany and spent the night. Now he has returned to the temple. And he is walking again around the temple and he is teaching the people and preaching the good news. And the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders come up to him and they have a question for him. In fact, this Tuesday of what we often refer to as Holy Week is a day of interrogation. There are a number of questions asked of Jesus by his interrogators And Jesus, in turn, asked a number of questions. Now, the reason we ask questions is for several reasons. One of them is to elicit information. That's a basic reason we ask questions. But there are other reasons why we ask questions. We we ask questions in order to teach. And to do that, we use rhetorical questions in which the question has embedded in it the answer to the question. So we're not really expecting that our listeners will respond as much as they'll get the point from the question that we state. Other reasons for questions is uh, to express doubt, uh, to encourage a search, or to challenge. And the questions asked of Jesus on Tuesday by a number of these people is to challenge him, to challenge his authority and to challenge his claim or the claim the people is giving him that he has taken also to heart that he is the Messiah, the Christ of God. He has acknowledged the title when he came in on Sunday, a son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the first delegation approaches him early in the morning. I want to read the account to you as found in Mark chapter 12. And I'm also going to read from Luke chapter 20. And the reason for that is Luke gives more information. But first, listen to Mark. And they, that is Jesus and his disciples, came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking at the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him. So this is a big delegation. And they said to him, I would think in a pretty man demanding tone of voice, by what authority are you doing these things, or who gave this authority to you to do them? And Jesus said to them, I'll ask you one question, answer me, and I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? Answer me. And now, by what authority? They asked him by what authority. He asked him, what was the authority of John? It's a a counter question. They did not answer the counter question for the following reason. They talked among themselves and they said, well, if we say from heaven, he'll say then why then did you not believe him? Now, 
Why would that be a problem? Well, because John had testified of Jesus. He had pointed him out as being the Christ. He was the forerunner, and he had said this was to Jesus of Nazareth. He was the forerunner to him. He was the one who was to come after him. So they did not want to acknowledge that Jesus was who John said he was. But shall we say for man? They were afraid of the people, for they all held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Now, I want you to hear the story again. And the reason is because Luke gives a little more detail. One day, as Jesus was walking in the temple, he was teaching the people and preaching the gospel. And the chief priests, the scribes, and elders came up and said to him, Tell us by what authority you do these things. Or who is it that gave you this authority? They want to know who gave you the authority to run people out of the temple and overturn the tables and disrupt the business of the temple. He answered them, I also will ask you a question. Now tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And they discussed it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say from man, all the people will stone us to death, for they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it came from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Now, actually, Jesus will answer their question, but he's going to do so indirectly by a parable. But before I tell you that parable, let's think about why did the prophets come? Why did the prophets come in Israel? Why did John the Baptist come? He is, we would say, the last of the prophets of the Old Covenant. He is the transition prophet from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. So why did the prophets come? Well, to understand this, we, we must understand the Mosaic Covenant. God established a covenant with the people of the Hebrews. When he brought them out of Egypt and met with them at Mount Sinai, he entered into covenant with them. We call this the Old Covenant, the Mosaic, Mosaic Covenant, the Hebrew Covenant. So Israel, the people of Judah, the Jews are under the Mosaic Covenant. And when they were not keeping the terms of the covenant, the covenant Lord, Yahweh, sent prophets to them to warn them, to encourage them to come back, to resubmit to the covenant, to walk in obedience, to leave their transgressions and their rebellions and their idolatries and to return to the pure worship of Jehovah, to come back to the covenant and to obey the covenant and walk with their God. But repeatedly, Israel would reject the prophets. Well, sometimes they would give some initial response of obedience, but then turn away from it. They would say they were going to do, but then not do. For that, Jesus gave the parable of the two sons. But now, at the end of this era, after 400 years of silence, God has raised up the prophet John the Immerser, John the Baptizer, and he's calling Israel again to come in repentance, 
to acknowledge their transgressions under the covenant and to come to God so that he might send times of refreshing, that he might send the Messiah. And so the people flocked to John, looking for the coming of the kingdom of God. And Jesus came one day, there he was, standing in the Jordan, and John baptized him. And the Father spoke from heaven, and Jesus heard it, and John heard it, and the people heard the rumble on the seashore. Jesus had come. The Messiah was there. And John pointed to him. And afterwards, when he had returned from his temptation, John pointed out to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But now, God has sent his Son. He sent his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. At the triumphal entry, the crowd shouted. They shouted, Hosanna! to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus had enacted the whole truth of it by his riding into Jerusalem on a donkey in fulfillment of the prophecy of Zechariah. So Jesus has been acknowledged as the Son by John. He's been acknowledged as the Messiah by the crowds. And Jesus himself knows who he is. And the Pharisees and Sadducees and the Herodians, they know what the claim of Jesus is. They know by what authority he was acting, but they have rejected God's authority in Christ. So Jesus has not going to directly answer them, but he does indirectly answer them by a parable. Here's his parable. Listen to it. And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, and he led it out to tenants, and went into another country for a long while. Now, a tenant is someone who works your land. You own the property, but he works your land. He produces a crop, and he gives you a portion of that crop. It can be a large portion or a smaller portion. My grandfather was a tenant farmer all of his life. I'm afraid he only got a small portion of the crop, like 25%, where the owner got 75%. That's why so many people remained in poverty. But the crop, my grandfather grew, but he grew it for the benefit of the owner. And the owner allowed him housing and to eat off of it and credit, etc. So a man planted a vineyard and he let it out to tenants. And then he went into another country for a long while. When the time came, that is time for the harvest, he sent a servant to the tenant so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. We are not told the percentage. It could be a small percentage. It could be in half. Who knows? But the tenants beat this servant and sent him away empty-handed. And so the owner sent another servant, but they also beat and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty-handed. So he sent a third. This one also they wounded and they cast out. And then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they said to themselves, this is the heir. Let's kill him so that the inheritance may be ours. And they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy those tenants and give the vineyard to others. Now, when the people and when the leaders heard this, they said, surely not. 
But Jesus looked directly at them and said, he asked another question. What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. He's quoting from Psalm 118, which was one of the psalms sung at the Passover festival. He is making an indirect claim, somewhat direct by means of this parable, to be the stone that the builders reject, that is the cornerstone. He is making a direct claim that he is the son, the beloved son of the owner of the vineyard. And the vineyard is Israel, the Hebrew people. And he has been sent by the Father. Now this is not the first time that Jesus has boldly declared that he is the son. Listen, in John chapter 5, we have the account where Jesus directly is speaking to them. You see, this was after he had healed someone on the Sabbath day. And so the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but according to them, he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives him life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. For what the the father judges no one, but he's given all judgment to the son. That all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Did you hear what he said? John five nineteen. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but what he sees the Father doing. For everything or whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. What's Jesus' authority for what he did? It's the authority of the Father because he is the Son, the beloved Son of the Father. The Father is the owner of the vineyard, and he has sent his beloved Son to gather the fruit of the vineyard. In John 8, 28, Jesus said this about himself. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father has taught me. And he's saying, when you lifted up the Son of Man, he was even prophesying the manner of his death that would occur on this very week, at the end of the week, brought about by these people who were questioning his authority on this day. So by what authority does Jesus act? By what authority does Jesus preach? By what authority does Jesus heal all who come to him? By what authority does Jesus bring people to the Father and save them, redeem them, and make them children of God? It's by the authority of the Father who sent him, the authority of the Almighty God of heaven and earth. Believe in him. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights.
Remember, the authority of Jesus is the authority of God the Father.